this week I had a dream about chips and salsa. Uh, it's a true story, I did. Uh, I don't know if it has anything to do with our Lent season that we're going through right now and uh, giving up carbs, like not all carbs, but you know, the carbs that I'm just eating to like eat my feelings, you know, those kind of carbs. Uh, I don't know if it has anything to do with that, but I, I literally, this week, got a dream about chips and salsa. And it was an extravagant dream. Like I wasn't just in my house, like dipping into the salsa. There was a salsa bar circling my neighborhood. Right? I have a great imagination, and I love chips and salsa, right? Two things. Uh, and, and for some reason, I was like the salsa bandit in this dream. I was like going around and stealing other people's salsa. I don't know why. Dreams don't make sense, right? But, but this went on for however long, and uh, I remember at one point, I heard my alarm go off. And you know those moments where you're kind of still in the dream, but you start to wake up? And you're kind of in that reality, but also in the fantasy of the dream, and you're not sure which one is real. Anybody been there? Like I was there in that moment and I literally, I was congested and I needed to blow my nose and I literally thought in that moment, it must be the cilantro <laughs> from the salsa. And I, I thought that and I just kept, I was going in and out of this salsa bar dream and, uh, and, and immediately, uh, eventually rather, I, I snapped out of it. And I thought, I just need to blow my nose. I have allergies and I also have idolatry because I'm dreaming about a salsa bar during Lent. And so pray for your pastor, okay? Uh, and I just had this snap out of it moment. And uh, why share that with you? Um, because I want you to pray for me for real. But also because that's where we are in the book of Ecclesiastes. You see, we've been in the series Chasing the Wind in the book of Ecclesiastes. And we come to chapter seven and Solomon kind of snaps out of it. You see, if you're new with us, what he's been talking about is everything in life, life under the sun, life apart from God, it's meaningless, it's vanity, it's the Hebrew word hevel, it's like a puff of smoke, it's fleeting, it's frustrating, it's even puzzling. And that's what he's been going through over and over and over. And some of you who have been here are like, I know, right? It's just over and over and over. And in fact, Ecclesiastes 6, we're not really going to dive into it because it's just a summary of everything he's said so far. That Solomon, this, this wise man, this wealthy man, this man who had a lot of women, uh, 700, 300 concubines, wives, 1,000 women, he had everything possible, and he says, hey, you know what it was? Hevel, vanity, a puff of smoke. And that's all he's been talking about, but he, he snaps out of it, and he starts to switch from everything is vanity, let's lament that, to Everything is vanity. How do we live within this? How do we live in this life under the sun? How do we make the most of life? In fact, that's our sermon title. If you take notes, how do we make the most of this life? And Solomon's going to give us wisdom, and uh, it's going to look a lot like Proverbs. If, in fact, if you have a Bible, a hard copy of your Bible, you can look at Ecclesiastes 7 with me. Even from the format, it starts to change. It looks like Proverbs because Solomon wrote a lot of our Proverbs. And so he's going to give us wisdom like Proverbs of how we make the most of life. And so let's look at it together. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, we'll, we'll read verses 1 through 12, and then we'll break it down. Ecclesiastes 7, it says this. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. 
Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fools. This also is vanity or heffal. Surely oppression drives the wise into madness, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient and spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the bosom of fools. Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance and advantage to those who see the sun. For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money. And the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Now, there's a lot there. We're going to break it down into four categories, but it's all under this banner of how do you make the most of life? And Solomon breaks it into these categories of better than statements, greater than statements. Did you notice that in the text? We see all these things of better than, greater than, this is greater than that. If you choose this, this is how you make the most of life. And there's a lot of them there. We just broke them down into four categories. If you take notes, here's the first category. How do we make the most of life? We choose integrity over impressing. We choose integrity over impressing. Look at verse one. He says, a good name is better than precious ointment. I love the message version. He says it this way. A good reputation is better than a fat bank account. See, here's what Solomon is talking about. Ointment in that day was what you would use to spruce up your external appearance so that other people could notice you. And he says, you know what's better than that? You know how to make the most of your life? Don't focus so much on the external. Focus on the internal. Focus on your name. That's your integrity. That's your legacy. And many of you will think, well, Tim, I'm good because I don't put any kind of ointment on. I don't even know what you're talking about. But see, in our day, we have all kinds of ointment. Like, this would be the, the trendiest new clothes that you obsess over. This would be the, the new fad diet or nutrition plan or workout. This would be, for some of you who uh, use social media, this would be your Instagram wall, like your profile. Like, you don't post anything that is off-brand. Just in case somebody looks at your profile, they're like, dude, that guy is awesome. These are all the things that we do in our world, whatever it is for you, to look on the outside impressive, to have other people think that guy is impressive. And Solomon says, you want to know how to make the most of your life? You invest in integrity, not that. You invest in the internal, not that. And I think there's two reasons Solomon says that. You see, again, think Proverbs. He's writing Proverbs to us. Wisdom that everybody could see in life, whether you know Jesus or religious or not. Just things you can look at life and be like, yeah, that's kind of true. That's what Solomon is writing here. And so I, I think many of us, we could just be honest in church today and say, hey, if I really think about all the things I do to impress other people, there's two things with that. It doesn't work and it doesn't last. Like it doesn't work. Uh, have you ever had that person in school, in work, in life, who you just thought, like from afar, you're just like, man, that guy's killing it. Man, that, that lady, how does she find the time to do all that she does? I mean, that guy, how is he like 50 and still in shape? 
I mean, that guy, I mean, just like, man, he's killing 401k, like that guy in college. I mean, how does he keep up with all his studies and he's already getting married? Like, I'm not even dating anybody yet. And you look at that person from afar and you're like, man, he's crushing it. She's crushing it. And then however possible, you get around them for five minutes and you're sitting next to them and you're like, wow, I have the opportunity to talk to this person who's crushing it in life. And about 10 minutes in, you realize they're crushing it in life because they only think about themselves in life. And they have time to work out and get the nice clothes and shop at all the right stores and be so impressive on Instagram because all they care about is themselves. And you just spent the last 10 minutes asking them questions about their life and they haven't reciprocated any of that. And what do you do in that moment? You think, that's not very impressive. I don't want to hang out with you. And you walk away. See, the irony is the very things that you're doing to impress other people by focusing on your external self, that's the very things that at the end of the day, it won't actually impress people who really know you. Amen? It doesn't work. And so Solomon says, you want to make the most of your life? You don't want to waste your life? Don't invest in just external appearances. And the second thing is it doesn't last. You see, I have three kids. One of them is about to be a teenager. Y'all pray for your pastor, okay? And here's what I want in life as a a dad with three kids, one almost a teenager. I'm not looking at like Brad Pitt. I'm not focusing on him and thinking like, well, he had a lot of divorces, but he's got a lot of money. Uh, I don't know how his personal life, I don't think he loves Jesus, but he's got a lot of money and he does have washboard abs at like 60. And like, man, I want to be like that guy. I'm not doing that. I'm looking at a guy like David Nance, who is from Amarillo, Texas, who I've had the opportunity to build a relationship with over the last seven years, who I've gotten to sit around him with his three kids who are now almost college age and they all love Jesus who I got to sit down for coffee a few months ago when he came into town with his son who's in high school, a senior about to graduate. And I got to hear him talk about faith and legacy, like it was just bleeding out of him. And I got to watch his 17 or 18 year old son listen to his dad talk about those things and not be embarrassed by his dad. Come on, praise God. And I just, I left that coffee shop and I thought, that's what I want. That's integrity, name, legacy. That's what lasts, whether you're 40, 50, 60, 70 year old, that's what lasts in life. That's what I'm looking at. We all know this, like Madonna was cool at one point, not so much now. We're like, why are you still trying to fit in that? That's not a good thing, right? That's not what we think is cool now. Amen? It doesn't work and it doesn't last. Even if you don't know God, you can just look at the facts and see that. And Solomon is saying, yeah, let's lean into that. The wisdom of God tells us that you should invest in your integrity, not just in the external. That's how you make the most of life. And so we need to examine our lives, our time, talent, and treasure How much of it is going towards investing in integrity? How much of it is going towards making kingdom impact, eternal impact? How much of it is going towards serving other people, not trying to get them to notice you? How much of your life is going towards that? That's what's gonna make the most of life. 
That's the first thing. Here's the second thing, is that if we want to make the most out of life, we need to choose reflection over distraction. Reflection over distraction. Look at the text again with me. Solomon gives us these shocking better than statements in verses one through four. He says, death is better than birth. Mourning is better than feasting. Sorrow is better than laughter. Now, some of you know this because you've been on this journey in Ecclesiastes with us. We've talked about who Solomon is at this point in his life. He's not the young king. He's probably the old grandpa. And he's looking back at his life and and giving you his wisdom in life. And some of you just heard these statements like, death is better than birth. And you're like, how old of a grandpa is he? Because he seems senile. He doesn't seem wise. Like it's not true. Like a funeral is not better than feasting, Solomon. You see, you have to look closer. Look at verse two with me. He says, the living lay it to heart. Verse four, he says, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. Solomon's saying one of the ways you can make the most of life is by reflecting on the loss of life. Because it's a reality of life that if we will reflect on and not immediately try to be distracted from, it makes us wise. It makes us think about things that we don't ever think about. Like how many of you have been to that funeral where you left it thinking about your life, your priorities, how you're spending your money, how you're spending time with God or not spending time with God, how you are making it all about your external impressions and trying to impress other people? How many of you have been to that funeral and you walk away introspective, thinking about things that you don't normally think about? And, And how many of you, your life changes a little bit after that? But, but here's what I know. I think many of us, we, we see that, but we would just prefer, oftentimes, we would prefer distraction over reflection, right? Like, I think that's just our, our, our go-to. We would prefer distraction over reflection. And I saw that in my life this week. I was scrolling on social media, and I saw this picture that many of you may have seen from the Ukraine, It was this picture of this mass group of people, like no space in between them trying to get on a train. And the picture I saw, I don't know if you you saw this, the guy took out all the color of the picture. Did you see this? And it was just black and white. So it looked like from a long time ago of oppression and war. And yet he says, no, that's right now in the Ukraine. And I remember seeing that picture and I, I, I reflected for a moment. I thought, man, that must be hard man, I wonder what that's like. But you know what I did next? I kept scrolling. Went on to Sports Center. Saw that the Suns lost. Sorry, Suns fans, I'm not a Suns fan. <laughs> I just, I just, oh, reflection, I was a little uncomfortable. Like, what can I do? I, it's the Ukraine. I, I'm, in the, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. What am I gonna do? I can't help out. It's not going to do me good to reflect on this. And so I just went to distraction instead of reflection. Have you done that? I remember going to my barber this week, who I've spent time with over the last five years. He's been my barber for a long time. I've gotten to know him. He happens to be Russian. And we're sitting down. He's cutting my hair and also trimming the beard. So I was there for a while. My kid got his hair cut. I was there for a while. And so we talked about sports, the weather, all the things you talk about in the barber shop until that was played out, and I finally asked him, hey, what about Russia and Ukraine? Are you tired of getting that question? He's at a barber shop, like everybody talks to him, and they know he's Russian. And he said, yeah, next question, you know? 
But I just, I leaned into that a little bit with him because I know him a little bit. And he started to talk about his family who's in Russia, who's struggling, who doesn't want to be there, who has nothing to do with Putin and all those things, but it's just their family is struggling with all the uncertainty and the unknown, just like the people in the Ukraine are. And I just, I thought, man, I would love to move on to what's on the TV in the barbershop right now. This is uncomfortable. But the Holy Spirit just said, no, 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 you need to reflect on this with them. So I just said, hey, man, I'm Roman, I'm praying for your family, and I have no idea how to help, but if there's something we can do to help, let us help, and I tipped them more than I normally do. <laughs> just reflection is better than distraction. See, I walked out of there, I was uncomfortable, but I also was reprioritizing my life. I also got some perspective on my inconveniences in life compared to people in the Ukraine and in Russia. I thought about my three kids, like I know where they are and I know how they're doing and gas prices may be going up, but we're gonna eat tonight and we're gonna go to bed at night and we're gonna pray together and we're gonna look to Jesus and they're gonna go to VBS next week. And maybe I should stop complaining, anybody? But that only came with reflection and choosing the awkward, uncomfortable reflection over the easier distraction. How many times do we do that in life? And Solomon is pleading with you. He is an old grandpa who's lived a lot of life and had a lot of distraction, had a lot of pleasure, had a lot of women, had a lot of wealth. And he's saying, you know what is best? You know how to make the most of your life? Reflect on death. Reflect on the hard things in life. Because that's how you actually get better in life. That's how you grow in wisdom in life. So are you doing that? Here's the third thing he says is better, that you should choose friends over flattery. Verses five and six, he says, the rebuke of the wise is better than two things, the song of fools and the laughter of fools. Solomon moves from talking about you to the people who surround you. He's talking about your friends. He says the song and laughter of fools. You know what that looks like practically? It's people who just They sing songs to you. They praise you. They tell you how great you are. You're just a beautiful snowflake. They sing songs to you over and over and over. They laugh at all your jokes, the laughter of fools. And he says, you know what's better than that? You know how to make the most of your life? Choose the rebuke of wise friends over that. Solomon, again, wrote many of our Proverbs. The Proverbs talk about this all over the place. Uh, One of them says this, the faithful, that, that faithful are the are the wounds of a friend. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says this, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Now, I think this is a verse that we have over a lot of coffee mugs and up in a lot of men's ministries. We're like, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. But have you thought about how iron sharpens iron? It's a violent process, but it's a refining process. It makes you better. And Solomon is saying, hey, you want to choose how to make the most in life? You choose friends like that. You choose friends who speak the truth, but do it in love. That's what this looks like. That's how we make the most of life. But again, I know many of us, and I'm I'm the first one in line, I, I push back against this. And I think primarily for two reasons. I don't want to be a friend like this. I don't want to have friends like this who challenge me. For two reasons. One is, like, I don't want to challenge other people like this because I want them to like me. Like, if I see somebody, like one of my friends, if I see somebody in sin, 
pride, gossip, greed, lust, whatever it is, jealousy, if I see somebody in sin, I think about, I should probably go talk to them because I know I'm a pastor, but I'm just a Christian. I've read my Bible. Romans 6 says that sin, it leads to death. And Proverbs talks about this all over the place. It's a path that's leading them to death. And if I see that sin, I think about for a moment, I should probably say something. Have you been there? But then I think, well, I don't want to be mean. I mean, they're trying in life. I mean, I know they're, they're struggling with that thing, but like they're trying and I'm just not going to say anything. And the reality is I, I'm not loving them. I'm loving myself because I'm just concerned about what they're going to think of me. I'm not concerned about them. If I was really concerned about them, they're sinning and that leads to death. I don't want them to die. Let me go get them and speak the truth and love to them. Let me, Galatians 1, confront them in their transgression, but do it gently, but still do it. Because I love you, I don't want you to die, so I'm gonna do that. But I often think about myself. I often love myself more than I love them, so I don't. But then on the flip side, I often don't want people to challenge me like this because I, I have a, like a script ready for them. I have my, like my inner defense lawyer comes out when people call me out of my sin. Anybody else? I, I have three D's because I'm a preacher of what I do. Like first, when somebody challenges me on my stuff, I, I deny. That's not true. I, I, where, when did you say, I don't think I had that. Give me some facts. Give me an example, right? And then the second thing I do, I have a whole script. I deflect. You know what? You got some stuff for me. I got some stuff for you. I was just thinking about your behavior recently. How about we talk about you? You got so many things to talk about me. Anybody? I deny, then I deflect, and then my favorite one is I downplay it. Tim, you got some things in your life. Have you thought about this? Have you seen this blind spot? Have you seen the way you've talked to your wife? You kind of joke a lot, and sometimes you over-talk people. Like, I don't, this is like true story in my life, okay? And then the last thing I do is I downplay that. I'm like, okay, well, I over-talk people. It's not like I killed somebody. It's not like I cheated on my wife. Can we just calm it down a little bit, friend? And we, we would rather choose flattery over friends. And Solomon says, no, that's the way you waste your life, not the way you make the most of life. That you and I need people in our life, like Proverbs talks about, the faithful wounds of friends. We need iron sharpening iron. Why? That's how you make the most of life. That's how you get better. I, I am so thankful at the end of the day, like once I get past my three D's, I'm so thankful for those friends in my life who love me enough to speak the truth in my life. Like Ephesians 4, one of the ways we love is by speaking truth. You know that, right? And I'm so thankful in my life that I have some of those people who will do that. I don't like them at the time, but I'm thankful for them in my life. And we all need friends like that. That's how we make the most of life. Are you a friend like that? Do you have friends like that? Solomon wants us to ask that question. Here's the last thing. That we would choose patience over pride. Look at verse 8. He says, better is the end than the beginning. He's talking about patience. And then he says it, patient and spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Notice the language he uses in verse nine. Don't be quick to become angry. Be patient. Verse 10, Solomon says, you don't make the most out of life by living in the former. Solomon's saying, live in the present and be patient. 
Choose that. That's how you make the most out of life. I, I, I heard from one guy this week. Uh, he said, hey, living in the past and people who do that, it's like people with a bad memory and a wild imagination. People who look at their Facebook memories and think about their ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend or think about when they were 20 or when they were 15 or when they were 30 pre-kids and they think, that was so great. Those people just have a bad memory and a wild imagination because it wasn't as great as you thought it was. And Solomon's saying, don't live in the former. Be patient in the present. This is how we make the most out of life. Verses 11 through 12, he wraps it all up. He says, wisdom is an advantage. Verse 11, verse 12, he says, the advantage of knowledge. This is really key. You see this word advantage. We see it earlier in Ecclesiastes. It's the same word like gain, profit. Like what do we gain? Typically Solomon has given a whole list of things you can pursue. And he says, what do we ultimately gain from that? What's the advantage of that? And he's like, nothing. It's like vanity, a puff of smoke. But here he says, Actually living wisely, like choosing these better than things, that actually gives you an advantage. Some of you, you should be taking a side of breath who've been with us in this series because everything else Solomon's like, you can try that, no gain. You can try that, it's not gonna profit you. Good luck with that though. Finally, we get some encouragement. Oh, if you actually live wisely, this can be helpful to you. If you'll actually choose reflection over distraction, you actually can have gain in life. That, that will be helpful to you in life. If you actually choose patience over pride, that will help you in life. If you choose real friends over flattery, you're going to gain in life. Listen, we, we see this practically in life. I don't know how many times I've seen the flip side of it, like in marriage. People who just choose flattery, people who choose foolish friends, I've seen them not gain, right? How many of you know that couple who you kind of saw, maybe they're friends of you, you saw some things in their life. Like the house wasn't burned down yet, but they're just lighting matches next to a gas tank. There's, there's all sorts of inappropriate relationships and flirting. There's all sorts of things they're looking at online. There's all sorts of, like, I got this side bank account that I don't tell my wife about. There's all sorts of, like, gossip going on with their friendships. And, and there's all sorts of, like, focusing on themselves and not focusing on eternal impact in the church and through Jesus. And you kind of see those things in their life. And you think about saying something, but you don't. And then... Before you know it, they're divorced and their kids have two Christmases. And you see, that's not gain. They're not taking steps forward. They're taking steps back. But then you see the flip side of that. A couple maybe that you know is having some problems and you go to them and say, hey, let's have lunch together. And at lunch you say, how are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, fine, busy, good. And you just ask another penetrating question beyond that. It seems like something's going on with you guys. Like, we've been praying for your family. I don't know. I just feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me we should just press into that a little bit more. We love you guys. You know us really well. Can we just, can we just camp out on this for a moment? And they start to share. Yeah, actually, man, we've been fighting a lot. You know what? We actually just got tired of fighting and we just don't talk to each other. You know what? Actually, we just take the kids all to these uh, extracurricular activities just so we don't have to see each other. Actually, you know, the way I've been handling money is not good. 
and you have that conversation and you say, you know, our marriage isn't perfect either. Can we walk through this for the next few weeks? And you see, and these are the stories we actually never hear about, right? But happen all the time in the church of Jesus Christ. You see a marriage preserved. You see kids have one Christmas. You see a marriage flourish. You see legacies transformed by Jesus Christ because you took somebody out to lunch and asked them how they were doing because you spoke the truth in love. You know what that is? That's wisdom and that's gain. That's gain. Even in life under the sun, that's progress. Amen? That's a miracle when that happens. Amen? That's Solomon says, hey, you live like this, it's actually gain. All this other stuff, I know I told you it's not a gain. This is what is going to have profit in your life if you live like this. And I just love, as we close, I love that it comes from Solomon. But some of you know Solomon was King David's kid. Solomon's plight in life wasn't awesome. Like he was a product of adultery and murder. His half-brother tried to kill his dad. That was Solomon's background in life. And yet Solomon is saying, you know how you can make the most of life? No matter your background, no matter your plight, no matter your parents, you make these kind of choices. See, it's Proverbs now. Ecclesiastes 7, like we're in Proverbs. Oh, there's a path. There's a path of, a path of wisdom. There's a path of folly. This is better than this. You can choose this or you can choose that. No matter your background, this is the beauty of this moment today. No matter your background, you can choose the wise path, the better than path, the greater than path by the spirit of God, by his grace empowering you to do that. And that's what Solomon wants to point you to today. Here's your choice. Which one are you gonna choose? You can choose the the easier path, because this path is going to be harder, but it's also going to be better. This is how you make the most of life. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, God, I, I pray that we would make those kinds of choices, make those kinds of better than choices in our lives. God, I know just from student to adult to, to grandparents that are in this room, every single day, including today, God, we have the opportunity to make choices. And some of them seem so subtle and simple, and yet they're so profound. God, the types of friends that we choose, the types of conversations that we have, the investments that we make, the reflections that we pause, even if they're awkward and uncomfortable, the pause that we take in our day to reflect on the, the loss in life, the hardships in life. God, that all of those little choices are leading us down a path God, I pray that we would be a church, Phoenix Bible Church, that would, not perfect, of course, but we would make these kinds of choices and therefore we would make this kind of impact for your glory and your name in our lifetime. God, that's our prayer. That's what we desire. God, I pray for your help in that. We pray for it now in Jesus' name, amen.